Hey, Diz After Dark listeners. I want to invite you all to join us over on ScareZone, Halloween Horror Nights podcast. ScareZone is a news, interview, history, and commentary podcast all about Universal's premier Halloween event. It's hosted by fans and experts like me, Logan Seculo, former WWE superstar Scotty Too Hottie, and Diz After Dark's own Chris Ripley. Subscribe however you get podcasts and head over to ScareZone.com for more information. We here at the show are proud supporters of Diz After Dark. And remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open on ScareZone. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. and or afternoon morning whenever you listen to this and uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Diz After Dark or as I like to call this one uh, Diz After Dark Side of the Force Awakens Part 2 because um, <laughs> it's kind of a loose Christmas special uh, Christmas special Star Wars special um, see now any other podcast would now stop and re-record that opening or but edit us. it down but not us definitely not this podcast uh, I'm Nick and tonight I'm fueled by Pot Noodle Yes, when you've run out of food in the house and you're really hungry, pot noodle. Um, and I'm joined, if you hadn't have guessed there already, by the very talented Mr. Chris Ripley. <laughs> you do. It's like that sketch on Red Dwarf where they, they run out of food and they say, well, we've got pot noodle. And then they go, no, we'll have the dog food. <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched Red Dwarf in so long. Like, I used to watch that quite religiously, but... Um, Okay, well, I watched the um, I watched when it came back the first time, and I did those like a few mm. episode specials, but I didn't like those. So, well, I, I heard the new series is better. Yeah, the new one, the one that's just come out, is mm. actually quite good. Right. It's more like the old Red Dwarf. Right, right, right. Not the old old Red Dwarf, but like when it was no just semi when it was semi good, just not excellent yeah. like it used to be. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, although I'd say normally at this point, you know, American listeners Google it, I think quite a lot of our American listeners actually are aware of, of Red Dwarf. Mm. Um, not the not the American remakes that never took off the ground, of which there's been at least two. No, really? Attempts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you not know? Wow. Well, I knew there was one, but two, mm. crikey. Yeah, there was two, there was two pilots filmed. One was filmed, one was filmed and it had, um, is it Jane Leaves? Who was in... Uh, Lovejoy. Uh, maybe in, I don't know. Maybe she was in Lovejoy. Was she Lady Jane in Lovejoy? No. No, no, not. Oh her. no, Jane Lee. She's from Fraser. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Definitely Fraser. She, she played Holly in one of uh-huh. them. And for those that watch Star Trek, uh, what was the character's That's... name? Uh, it was. I watched Star Trek. Okay. It was uh, the actress is. I want to say Terry. Power or something? Oh yeah, yeah, Deep Space Nine, yeah. Yeah, who's she playing that? Was it? It wasn't 
Dax, was it? Uh, Dax, yeah. It was Dax. God, it was Dax. In memory, I haven't watched watch Deep Space Nine since it aired. Um, she played Cat. Um... She, she played Cat in one of the pilots. And uh, Robert Llewellyn definitely played Crichton in at least one of the pilots. If wow. not both of them. Yeah. They've never really been um, released. I think you can find quite a lot of footage online, but they were never broadcast. I can't imagine Terry Farrell as Cat. No. No. But hey, that, that's what they do. Anyway, this is a, as you can tell, this is a, a podcast about Disney. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we should really, really get away from the Red Dwarf references. Other <laughs> sci fi comedies are, of course, available. There's not many of them, though, they're not very good generally. But, you know, there you go. They are out there. Um, now, normally, oh, by the way, if you haven't guessed, it's just the two of us. Um, it is. We can make it if we try, which is good because. It means that we don't have to listen to some of the guff that comes out of um, <laughs> other people's mouths, just our own. So this might be a slightly shorter episode, but we'll see. Because, uh, you know, there's a few things that we wanted to talk about. Um, mm. We wanted to kind of get it out there. So, um, and unfortunately, R. Craig um, isn't able to join us because he's, um, he's, he's, he's stuck in 1956, isn't he? <laughs> I think I think that's more believable than the truth. Actually, he's more believable. Um, and certain people dropped out for not seeing Star Wars because we are going to be talking about Rogue One um, as well as some other bits. And I think really we should start this show. Um, well, I suppose firstly, are you drinking anything? Uh, no. But what I would say was maybe Craig is stuck on the 1956. Ah, uh, very Houston. good. Yes, yes. We're not sure if that's accurate. Don't don't look that up, and you know if it's wrong, do not you know email us and tell us because we really couldn't give a toss um, about that. Other things certainly, but not definitely not that. I'm drinking some flat uh, cherry Pepsi Max. Would uh, we expect anything less? Something just sums up my night, really, doesn't it? A a a, a, uh, a sticky rib. I've actually got this as well. Like I'm waiting for it to cool down. It's a sticky rib pot noodle, the best of the pot noodles. Uh, and which isn't saying much at all um and some flat cherry pepsi max it's been a long day do they Um, have pot noodles in america uh no but they have very similar products to pot noodles like i don't think i don't know if they have um noodles in a pot that are flavored but they definitely have things you know like we have super noodles yeah they definitely have things like super noodles like raymond noodles Okay. Um, so they, yeah, they do like so a pot noodle basically is noodles that are quickly cooked using boiling water, take a few minutes, and they're flavoured with things. Um, do you know? I drive past the pot noodle factory to work every day. Do you really? I do. Yeah. Wow. It doesn't smell of pot noodles when I drive past. <laughs> no. it smells of heavily processed chemicals. <laughs> Which is well, that's what is in a pot noodle, of course. Uh, but I, I always think of the opening scene from Batman, you know, when Jack Nicholson falls into the the vat of pot noodles. Yeah, the vat of the vat of pot noodles, and it comes out as the Joker. That, that's what happens. Do not stick your face in the, in some pot noodles. Um, by the way, all of that's allegedly uh, just just so we're not so uh, attacked by who who owns it now. It used to be Golden Wonder. Who does pot noodles now? I don't think it's Golden Wonder. Uh, Probably, yeah. Oh, Unilever. Of course it's bloody Unilever. Unilever. They own Every, everything. Everything's bloody Unilever. Yeah. Surprised Disney ain't Unilever. Thank God it ain't. <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, we've already established that there's been some very big things in the Disney world that we wanted to talk about this week. 
Yep. Why I'm talking 100 miles an hour, I do not know. But I thought we should kick off with probably the thing that everybody uh, has been talking about since uh, you know it aired a few days ago. And of course, that is the uh, the new Mickey Mouse Christmas special yes. called Duck the Halls. Um, now, we have on this podcast before... We're, by the way, we're going to make you wait for Star Wars. So if you want to hear Star Wars, <laughs> skip ahead. Um, so... Uh, we've talked to this podcast before about the Mickey Mouse shorts. Yeah. Not the shorts he wears, the episodic cartoon starring Mickey Mouse, that are shorts, um, which have this um, new animation that is is kind of, I suppose, in a, in a, it's kind of crude. That doesn't sound very very nice, but it's, it's quite crude in its appearance, isn't it? But they're very modern, aren't they, in their appearance? Yeah, I mean, I've I've always kind of likened the style to a little bit like the early '90s kind of cartoons you get. So think along, yeah, like, like Ren and Stimpy, um, Johnny like, Bravo, yeah, that kind of Dexter's like, Lab, yeah, that kind of it doesn't it doesn't look like traditional animation. It yeah, looks a bit funkier, a bit fresher. Um, yeah, and the whole idea, from what I understood with these cartoons, was to give Mickey a bit more of a personality, mm. because. I mean, you know, I'm sure most people like Mickey Mouse. I like Mickey Mouse. But he's a little bit wishy-washy, isn't he? Really. <laughs> and if you watch the original cartoons, he was a little bit of a scamp at times. Mm. Wasn't he? And I yeah. think, you know, most kids have grown up with things like uh, Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse. My kids certainly have. So yeah. there's an element... And also, I'd say most projects starring Mickey in the last 15 years or so have been a or 20 years have been a very light version very safe version of mickey mouse with almost no kind of um conflicts or um perils or anything just very very safe very vanilla um and i think the idea with these shorts they launched about three years ago was trying to give mickey a bit more of an edge yeah i think i don't get with these cartoons is um, I don't know if you've if you've noticed this or, uh, at all. Um, it would be very obvious if you looked at the casting, but everybody voices the characters as they do normally. So yeah. if you're not aware, um, you know they have certain actors that play the Disney characters for everything. So they voice video games, cartoons, uh, theme park announcements. They generally do everything. Well, like Bill Farmer, he's played Goofy for 20, 30 years. Yeah, 20, 30 years now. Um, Tess McNeil's played Daisy for about the last uh, 17 or 18. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know if you, you must have known this trivia, but um, the voice actors of Mickey and Minnie were actually married. Oh, yeah, I did hear Wayne, that. Wayne Orwin and I forget Minnie's name, which is bad, actually, because Wayne Orwin's dead. Um, <laughs> and and she's still voicing Minnie, so I should know <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, he he passed away uh, a few years ago now. I want to say about six seven years ago. So um, she's carried on playing Minnie, but there has been uh, someone else playing Mickey ever since. We're play- like, so replacing him for Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, uh, for Kingdom Hearts, for Epic Mickey. So any kind of video games or, or theme park announcement recently have, has been someone else. But for these shorts there is a different actor playing Mickey Mouse. But I find Mickey's voice the easiest one to mimic. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, but, I can. So they've had a bit of a changeover in actors, haven't they, with Mickey recently? But but only for those cartoons. Really? Yeah. So the the same actor took over from uh, from Wayne Orwin. Uh, so like, uh, I, I want to say about 2010 or so, something around that kind of timeline. Um, uh-huh. And he's done everything except these Mickey Mouse shorts. Uh. That's what I, that's what I think's strange. Although maybe Why? Well, I th- I think maybe because as I said, like because Mickey's been so vanilla, and they've tried oh, to give a bit more of an edge. But that, that's the only thing I can think of because everyone else is voicing the characters. So that I don't I don't fully understand. So if anyone knows the real answer, let us know. Because the guy that does him is, is really good, actually. He's a good actor as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So so that's it. So before we crack on to the 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 special, what are your thoughts on the shorts generally? Well, I, I love them when they first come out, okay. and I still kind of do love them. The only thing that's tarnished it for me slightly is when I went on the cruise, the mm. Disney cruise, they play all and on every telly screen constantly, one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, every single Mickey Short of oh. those new ones, and there's not many of them. Well, surprisingly, there is, um, but I seem to find the same 12 every time um i i looked yesterday it's actually 57 you're joking me. it's 57 that have been made so far because they are as you say they are short so they're normally somewhere along the lines of uh, anywhere between i think the shortest is about three and a half minutes up to about seven or eight is the longest i think wow until this special um but yeah there's a there's a lot more than i realized um there's been three seasons and i believe only one dvd released um, Crikey! Still, one DVD more than they released for Tron Uprising. So think yourself lucky. <laughs> Although we haven't we haven't seen that DVD in the UK, so um, that's just an American release at the moment. And I think that only had the first twelve or so. Um, but I mean, I, I actually like them. I like the style. I think the humour in them is is generally very good. Um, and I like the little nods. So you'd see other Disney characters. So. Um, there was uh, I can't remember what the, the cartoons called it. One's from Waldo, but the one set in Paris with him. Oh yeah, it. and he kind of went through the Disneyland Paris Castle and. Um, yeah, see, I like the theme park Easter eggs. They're yes. my favourite. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And there was one about the Matterhorn, of course. Yes. Um, as well, so there's some there's some very good ones, and like you say, I think it kind of plays quite a lot of, of fan service into it. Um, now, I didn't realise that there'd been two specials announced, but there was. Uh, there's a there's a hol- uh, Halloween special apparently in the works. Oh. I'm expecting that will probably be for Halloween 2017. Yeah, um, hasn't been made yet. Um, and this Christmas special, which aired in the UK a couple of days ago, I think America last week, called Duck the Halls. Um, so this was just over 20 minutes, I think. 25 mm. minutes or so. So About that. you know, by, by far the longest one that they've done. Um, and and the story is that uh, of course, as we all know. Ducks uh, head south for the winter, uh, or they head north. Head north, don't they? But why did, did he go to Miami? Surely he should have gone to Orlando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that again. That's odd. And also, that's not really where ducks migrate generally. Well, like, it's the cartoon. <laughs> there is that. So, so, so there you go. But basically, uh, every year the ducks obviously migrate, as as, as we all know, um, and. Um, they decided to um, 
well, Donald decided that he didn't want to. He didn't want to miss out on Christmas with his friends. So mm. he decided to escape on the way, um, <laughs> travelling with Daisy, and stay at home uh, with catastrophic consequences. Near death, actually. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was quite grim. Um, but it Chris turns into like a crack addict, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. When he, started, <laughs> when he started hissing, it was great. Yeah. Um, his beak falls off like the middle of his nose or something. <laughs> well, that, yeah, and that reminds me actually. One of my favourite of shorts that doesn't kind of really feature Mickey is the one where um, Goofy loses his hearing. No, it was Mickey loses his hearing, wasn't it? Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh no, it's, that's a good. That is a good one. Yeah, so the body parts falling off in these shorts seems to be quite a regular occurrence actually. <laughs> um, and also, there's there's quite a few cameos from uh, Professor Von Drake. Which I hadn't yes. seen before. Ah, um, that brings me to a question. Okay, one second. I've got this. Broadchurch series very exciting next year. The, um, but yeah, so that's, that's good. That's good work for him. Um, but yes, very much looking forward to DuckTales. And uh, interested that they seem to be keeping the um, the theme tune. Yes, you can't change well. it. It's iconic. Oh, I, I think it would be a big mistake if they did to be. To be honest, I, th- I think that's good. And you couldn't really see much of the. They had like little pictures of the characters, um, and I'd say they're probably taking a bit more of a leaf out of these shorts in that it didn't look like the the original Ducktales. It kind of looked like a hybrid between the two, I'd say. Yeah, it wasn't so cutesy, was it? Yeah, but it was again very hard to say because you just saw mm. little headshots. So yeah, you know, we'll see. That's that's due later next year. Um, but yeah, so that was the first time that I'd seen uh, Professor Von Drake in, in a short. Um, again, mm. there's 57. I haven't seen him, so he's in another one. Sorry. Um, but uh, but yeah, so, so what so what did you think? What did you think of the short? Oh, well, well, the special. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I mean, it. it um, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that Mickey obviously had a, a, a an English Victorian upbringing, <laughs> um, and that one of his relatives was the twins from The Shining. Yes, I did like that. <laughs> uh, so I, I like the way they've Simpsonized the the shorts a bit because you know like you get the jokes for the adults as well as the kids. Yes. So stuff like that makes me laugh. Kids would never clue what we're talking about. No. So I do like that element of it. I think that's really good. Yeah, I mean, I watched it with my kids just um My kids are um are three and two, or three and a half to two, and um, they both seem to enjoy it. But if I'm honest, I think they will stick to watching Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas and Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas more than mm. watching that special again at the moment because I think it was a bit too much for them. Um, and definitely more of the humour was kind of um, aimed for a bit of an older audience. But, I mean, my kids aren't in the age range for it because it's a Disney Channel programme. It's not a Disney Junior programme. So it's aimed at, you know, like kind of seven plus, I'd say. Um, and I think they'll get get more of an enjoyment out of it afterwards. But yeah, certainly I got the you know I definitely got more out of that special than than they did. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I like it as as I said, like it, it does remind me a lot of Ren and Stimpy sometimes, especially with it's not really gory, but the the the, the oddness like where his beak fell off, and of course were the stickies beak on with um gaffer tape, duct tape. Oh, duct tape, of course. <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I'm guessing that's the intention. I'm not entirely sure, but um, 
<laughs> but yes, so um, yes, it's repeated a few more times before before Christmas. Christmas Eve, it's on as well, and Christmas Day is another one. So um, yeah, I think that that both gets um, our seal of approval. Um, mm-hmm. It's a shame actually because my favourite picture I use when giving the seal of approval, and it's probably my, one of my favourite pictures of all time, not involving friends and family, is a picture of the singer Seal walking on the beach being pat by paparazzi smiling and giving a thumbs up <laughs> and I, I, I use that uh, as my seal of approval wherever is is necessary for that so that's one uh, thing that we wanted to talk about out of the way I suppose really in that case we should probably talk about the other thing that came about this week which was Star- Mario Run <laughs> You know what? what? I, I still haven't played Mario Run. Uh, you're not missing out on much, I don't think. Yeah, a lot of people have said that to me. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit surprised. In some ways, I'm surprised, but at the same time, you know, I think people like Mario, and it, it seems to just be another running game. It is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, you put a new spin on it, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be rushing to uh, to download that one. Um, but no, we are both been to see independently unfortunately um but we've both been to see uh star wars sorry rogue one colon a star wars story (laughs) and wasn't it fantastic right okay so (sighs) so see i'm not a star wars mega fan i am more of a trek guy oh right which is why you knew uh that so quickly yeah, so I, I I would rather watch. Don't send me hate for this. I would rather watch Trek over Wars. Okay, but I loved Rogue One. Trek over Wars is that new Trek or old Trek? Um, depends what you define as old Trek. I mean, I'm definitely a next generation type of guy. Sorry, what I meant was when I say new Trek, I, I new Trek to, in my mind is um, the re. Oh God. No, not them new ones. No, no. The JJ Abrams. No, no. no. Well, apart from Benny Cumpatch, he's not too bad. <laughs> but the rest, no. No, okay. God, no. Okay. Because I liked it, but I would because I'm not that much of a trekking. So I thought <laughs> they were quite good for what they were. It's quite funny. I never really bought into the original series. Yeah. Um, I like The Next Generation. I, I like the original series of movies. I thought they were okay. Okay. I think they were very hodgepodge. I think some were great and some were terrible. Well, only even numbers are good. That is actually not a bad way of looking at it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's actually that's actually quite true. Go, go, go on IMDb, listeners. You'll see I'm correct on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, come on! Um, <laughs> Yes, so so next generation was my thing. Deep Space Nine, I didn't mind. Voyager, I, I it was when I kind of jumped ship. And I, and funny enough, the one that I really should have got into because I was such mm. a fan of Quantum Leap was Enterprise. Yes, I couldn't couldn't at all, even with Scott Bakula. Oh yeah, old Yeah, really like him, but no. So yeah, next generation's my shizzle, as I would say if I was a uh, a rapper or something. Um, but yeah so alright that's good so uh, okay so from a hardcore Star Wars fan I I, I really liked it I did I, I'm you know I'm not turning around and saying that I didn't like it because I did I did think it was good 
I think the problem is, is that the world at the moment seems to be convinced it is the greatest Star Wars film of all time, or certainly the best Star Star Wars film since uh, Empire, well, say. Well, a lot of people did say Episode Seven was the best film ever, and then since then, a lot of people have changed their mind. Yeah, it's not really an Avatar situation, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, when I saw Avatar, I was like, oh, wow, this is the future of films. And I watched it again, I was like, oh, it's Fern Gully. Um, <laughs> I was, the, the they free... have sex with their tails. <laughs> not in Fern Gully. Not in Fern Gully. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, we're not, you know, with Avatar, it was definitely the, the, the impact the 3D had, I think. It distracted from what was going on. You're just impressive watching it for the first time. When you watch it again, it doesn't. It does not hold up very well. The 3D does. The film itself doesn't. Um, I still think, having watched it about three, three or four times now, I still think The Force Awakens is a great film. Uh, I mm-hmm. do really enjoy it, um, and it's probably my third favourite of all. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and I really liked Rogue One. I did like Rogue One, but as I said, I think the problem is is that everyone is is saying it's like the second coming, and I didn't get that. And maybe, maybe my opinion is slightly tarnished by that. I really try not to buy into the the opinions too much. The but hype. with this, it just yeah, it just seemed mm. to be a complete tidal wave without even looking for it. Like I wasn't even going out looking for it, but you'd go on Twitter and like you know, trending would be rave reviews. Um, I don't think it's done the box office what episode 7 did. It was never going to. Uh, and the re- like, I mean, it, it could have been the greatest film ever made. It could have been. But it wasn't an episode. And therefore, it was never going to be the juggernaut. Like, ep- episode 8 next year will be as massive, if not more so, than Force, uh, Force Awakens. Mm. I, I believe that. But this was never going to be that. And even Bob Iger, I mean, I don't know if that was because he <laughs> of, early, of early kind of um, rumours he was hearing, but even he wasn't convinced it was going to do Force Awakens numbers. And he was kind yeah. of saying, look, it's not, you know, it's a spin-off, it's not going to be as big. Um, I, right, so, so, that, so that's my very short thing, is I don't think it lives up to the expectations I had of it. Mm-hmm. However, as I said, before I, I get thrown under a bus or something. Um, <laughs> that's not to say that I didn't enjoy it. I didn't think it was a good Star Wars film. I did. Um, and I think, going back and watching it again, my opinion will probably change and I'll probably be a, a little bit more lenient um, on it and maybe I was just a bit too judgmental about it. Um, how did you see it? Obviously, you saw it in cinema. I, I did, yeah. I saw it in a real dilapidated old Odeon. Excellent, the best. Um, the best, yeah. No, I, I they keep opening up all these trendy cinemas in my area, and I thought, no, I'm going to go to the Odeon, and I bought my tickets, and uh, there's this young kid behind the desk, and <laughs> I said to him, do you know what? I haven't been in this cinema since I watched Jurassic Park. No way. And he looked at me, and he went, you mean Jurassic World? I went, no, no I mean Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, there was one before that, kid. Yeah, yeah, he had no idea. Um, but no, I was glad I went to the Odeon because it, it actually, you know, I think they should keep them old cinemas going because otherwise they'll get turned into flats. So, well, I mean, go to your old cinemas. Well, this is it. I mean, I think I've told this story briefly before, but um, a cinema where I used to live was an old Odeon. In fact, it was where I went to see the Force Awakens. Uh, sorry, 
the Phantom Menace on opening day. And about a year later, it closed because they opened a, a new mega view across town. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it wasn't it wasn't a view then. It was uh, Stir or something. It, it was a chain that never really had many multiplexes, but got sold to view. Um, anyway. Um, so that only enclosed, it was in a shopping centre and remained closed for about, uh, well, it must be about 13, 12, 13 years. And then a guy remortgaged his house, bought it, cut a deal with uh, the the um, operators of the shopping centre to say, look, um, mm-hmm. I need reduced rent um, and, you know, to make this work and I'll cut a deal with you. So, you know, did a deal with split of profits or whatever and mm-hmm. um, didn't change the cinemas at all but did update the equipment. So they all got new uh, projections, project, uh, awesome. projectors, all got new screens, seats remained exactly the same, um, and just tied up a little bit. And it was £4 any film, any time. Wow. 3D, 2D, whatever. And um, it's still going strong now. And their policy Good. is, if you want to bring food in, bring food in, but their food and drink is really reasonable. Like a, a large popcorn and a large drink, whether you have a slush or a, a soft drink, I think mm-hmm. it's about four or five quid. Blimey. When you consider like, you know, down in view, that would be about eight quid. Yeah, that's that's not bad when you compare it to others, that's for sure. No, exactly. So to be honest, even though they let you bring stuff in, we quite often just buy stuff there because it's so cheap anyway. Yeah. And it's no frills, but, you know, there's something nice about that, I think. Mm. Um, and especially like, so I went to see it. Um, I got some comp tickets because of my daughter crying out of trolls. <laughs> yes. Why? Because she is absolutely obsessed with the pink troll in Trolls. Right. Um, to the point that I think about 20 minutes into the film, I, I haven't seen it. My wife took her. My wife took her to see it, and um, she was in danger. Therefore, she was so distraught that uh, that, that, that so was going to happen to the pink troll. She burst into tears and said, "I can't watch it. I can't watch it," and she had to leave. Wow. And the only thing she's asked for for Christmas is a pink troll. So she, although she will not watch the film, she's still obsessed with it. Or still obsessed with the pink troll. So, <laughs> so anyway, we, we said to, we um, went to City World, like, you know, we had to leave the, or my wife had to leave the film early and they gave us two comp tickets to go and see something else. So we went to see, uh, we went to see it in the IMAX. We've got an IMAX in my local. Awesome. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's a IMAX. So for those that don't know the difference, an IMAX is a um, massive, ridiculous-sized screen. It takes up your whole field of vision. A IMAX is a screen that is bigger than your usual and has better sound, but doesn't have the, the massive screen that it should do. Um, and also, IMAX used to be um, used to have massive projectors, didn't it? I think it was 70 mil projectors. That's it. Um, and, and new new um, IMAX cinemas are normally digital. Mm-hmm. They kind of show whatever. Um, but, as I said, like, you know, they have to be up to a certain standards so the sound has to be done a certain way and they have to be padded in a certain way and all this kind of stuff. Um, and actually, it was really good. It was still really good. So I've always been a bit of a naysayer against these IMAX cinemas, but having gone to one now, yes, it doesn't, it doesn't reach the... Um, the joys of going to see it on a on a ridiculously sized screen, but certainly that will be my way of seeing films of choice locally. Now I'll pay the difference, no problem at all. The trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy two mm-hmm. uh, in that was amazing. So it was IMAX 3D and um, was 
some of the best 3D I'd seen actually. Um, when I went to see Force Awakens last year, I saw it in IMAX in Leicester Square, the laser uh, 3D, um, mm-hmm. which was very impressive. But yeah, the Guardian show last night in 3D looked stunning. Um, so that's how I, saw it. I did see it in 3D. Um, and yes, really enjoyed it. Now, what was there anything in particular that you liked about it? Anything that stood out for you? Um, well, I mean, story-wise... Uh, I thought they made the best of what they had because at the end of the day, if you think about it logically, we all know how this will end because yep. to put it bluntly, none of these characters are essentially in episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you, you kind of work backwards from that. So you know what's probably going to happen to them. Um, and then in order to build the characterizations of the characters that are only be on screen for essentially just this film, I thought that was all good. And I thought all the performances were good. Yep. Um, and I also liked, and I well, there was two things I liked as well. There was Darth Vader, obviously, was brilliant, mm-hmm. and I thought there could have been a bit more of Darth Vader. I particularly liked the final Darth Vader scene. Um, and then the, the the final thing that I really liked was the fact that they spent a lot of money putting dead Peter Cushing into the film. Um, and I say that because. Uh, I live in Canterbury, as a lot of you know, and Peter Cushing used to live in this area. So a lot of people I know used to remember him walking around the streets in this area. So <laughs> it's quite weird talking to them saying, do you know he's actually making films again? Well, no, he's been dead for 30 years. So one one person said to me, well, who gets his fee? So, <laughs> so I thought that was very well done. And I thought, I mean, you could tell it was computer graphics but it was just, very well done just though and that's but only thing. just yeah because funny enough like yesterday before not because i wanted to prepare myself for it i didn't really need to but i'd bought yeah. um i'd bought as i mentioned last week i bought the um star wars the original star wars trilogy on on bt um and so i put it on yesterday while i was playing with the uh, the kids uh with playing play-doh on mm-hmm. the board i put it on as background uh, the, the worst thing is that lincoln my little boy is watching it and uh, you know he seems to be kind of enjoying it. And the first sight of Darth Vader, he giggles. Mm. Doesn't kind of go, oh no, laughs at Darth Vader. That is worrying. Um, but we, but it was the, you know, looking at certain bits which then came to pass in uh, Rogue One, like you say, Peter Cushing. Now, we, I, I think we talked a few months ago that we thought that was going to be in the film. Mm. Um, so there had been rumours they were going to do it but I've got to be honest I was shocked at how good it looked the last time I kind of tried to do something like that was with Tron and it didn't look very good at all mm. um, you know, or Avengers they had that weird um, bit where Iron Man was a kid oh yeah or a teenager or whatever it was it's very bizarre yeah that's true I had forgot about that but I, I really thought I really thought they'd done that very well. Um, you know, very believable, really believable. I think they did an absolutely amazing job with that. Um, mm. And I think what the other thing as well, having watched, you know, what I wasn't watching intently, but watching yesterday was how much it ties in with A New Hope, much more than I expected to, actually. Because when we was going yeah. through, my wife was like, well, what is this then? I was like, well, I suppose if you want to call it anything, it's um, a, a New Hope 3.9 or 
or Star Wars, or like Star Wars episode <laughs> 3.9. I said, because it's almost episode four, but it's not quite. But I didn't actually mm. realise how close it would be. And, you know, spoiler alert, because we are talking about the bloody film. So you, if, you, if you listen to this, it's your own fault. Um, <laughs> I mean, the actual final scene um, sets it up wonderfully. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly how much time passes, but to me, it doesn't feel like there's much time between this Five film and minutes, ten minutes. Top. Do you reckon it's that much as well? Uh, it, it, only because they've got to catch up. Yeah. Only, only because they've got to catch up with that ship. That that's it. I mean, I can't see it being much time at all. Yeah, um, yeah. And again, so talking about the the excellent CGI work, I really also really thought um, that the the layer at the end was worse. yeah. You know, both of them, and also, I mean, they're not the only ones, but they're the, the most obvious ones because some of the pilots they'd use the footage from um, as well um, from episode four. So, so that um, I really enjoyed spotting Canary Wolf Station being used. <laughs> yes, so did I. <laughs> we both really, said that. Really, <laughs> really did. Um, I mean, it, it'll mean nothing to no one that's that's been there because we drove, we went past it on the train today, uh, and not that level you you couldn't really tell. But, you know, going around the station, you can definitely see where it's been filmed. Uh, and I think he, they did a really good job of hiding what it was. Um, I wonder why they used Canary Wolf Tube Station. I mean, surely with the budgets, they could have built something in a soundstage. So what it is, um, and I don't know the exact details, but um, the director has used, um, he used it in his first film. Oh, okay. He used it in his first film, or his first student film, as, as a location. And so has used it as a bit of an Easter egg. Oh, okay. Um, which, whoa, what a segue. So the other thing, and to anyone who's friends with me on Facebook, would have seen my little jokey comment that um, this film shouldn't have been re- released at Christmas. It should have been released at Easter <laughs> uh, because of the amount of Easter eggs. Now, as somebody that's not too um, obsessed with, with Star Wars, like you say... Was there much that you thought, oh, hang on a second, that looks familiar, or that that person's familiar? Um, I no, to be honest with you, and and even you saying about the fighter pilots, that that went over my head as well. They would have. They were flying over your head. They literally went over my <laughs> head, <laughs> and I wasn't in three D. No, but um, yeah. So there, there there was lots. Is the short answer. There was lots. I mean, there was even, um, and I didn't spot this one, but uh, there was an appearance by Chopper who is the droid from the Star Wars Rebels cartoon. Oh, see, I don't watch that. No, I've only caught a few, and he's on my list to to catch up with, because what I have seen, I've really enjoyed. But yeah, so um, they're even bringing the cartoon, some of the cartoon characters in in that um, as well. I really liked, and I had to look his name up because I I couldn't remember what it was, um, K2SO. Yes. Oh, my God, he was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Everyone who likes who watched the Force Awakens last year, or, or nearly everyone, loved BB-8. Um, and in fact, uh, we was playing with BB-8s in, in Hamley's Stay. My daughter was taking great pleasure in uh, chasing them around the shop. Um, but I thought he was uh, a great sidekick. Oh, uh, give me one of them any day. I don't. I don't want a BB-8. I don't. I don't want one of them. One of them. Or. At the moment on Channel 4, there's this TV show called Humans. I don't know if you've been watching that. No, but I know of it, yeah. I don't want any of them. I want one of them. Yeah. Because he was sassy. He was sarcastic. Yeah. There was one point where they said, oh, well, if you don't bloody want me, I'll go wait in the ship. You know? Yeah. 
He was he was such it was what should have been a in a way a kind of throwaway character was made to feel so important. In fact, that is one good thing I will say about the film is that as you say, they had uh, two hours, two and a bit hours to make you care about all these people. Yes, and you did. You, you did. You, you kind of understood what they were doing and the, and the fight that they had and and what they were trying to uh, achieve within that time and. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they did do that very well. I, as I'm talking about this film, I'm actually realising that I've been very critical. I need to go and watch it again ASAP to maybe reevaluate <laughs> myself on it. But, um, well, yeah. Logan's going for a third time this week. Wow. I, I probably will go and see it again very soon because I think my friend might want to go and see it at the local. And it's well, uh, cheap day Tuesday. So. I've only ever seen one film more than once at the cinema. And I saw it six times at the cinema. Wow. Was Skyfall. Wow, okay. Yeah, true story. Yeah. Um, I like Skyfall, though. Oh, excellent film. Mm. Um, but I'm tempted to go and see this again. Wow. That, that, and from somebody who is in your situation, in regards to your love of Star Wars, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's quite something. I, mean, I will say, um, the last, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes is, is, is tense stuff. Even mm. though you, you know the outcome, you don't know the outcome you know, because it's the untold story in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think giving giving that. Um, oh, it's so sad, though, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And it, it, it had to end that way, but it, oh my well, god, they didn't. That's the thing. And I'm glad it did. And that's that. You know, really, did it need to? No. They could have just gone off. You didn't. You know, the fact that they're not talked about in in episode four is neither here on, here nor there. I mean, they could have survived, and you could—they could have been flying a, uh, a ship that you know during the battle at the end that you didn't know about. They what didn't if have to? But they—but it was brave that they did. What if it does such good box office figures? Iger goes, do you know what? I want a sequel, and then that gives like Disney or Lucas Films <laughs> an absolute impossibility. Now, what if they have to try and do a sequel to Rogue One? I think the good thing is, is that, and it's the same with the, although I, I've complained about it, they've done the same with Marvel, which is they've gone and announced their slate. Yeah. So they're kind of yeah. tied into it now. Um, yes, okay, we've seen with Marvel before that they that is adjustable in the way that the Humans is no longer a film and it'll be a, a TV series. But by the by, generally when they announce a slate of, of films, they're pretty rigid with that. I think um, only if it, they do really unexpected box office do they change it. I think I I, I I still don't think it will do, but what I think it might do is they might give um, Gareth Edwards, I think, directed it. Um, they will give him a second crack at the whip. I reckon they might do that because it has been so well received. Um, what about a Rogue One prequel that doesn't feature Jin? Mm. But does feature the the, uh, the 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 main guy, the French guy, with the robot? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like that. But then maybe maybe they might just do a series or something. It might be easier to do a series than it would do an, a film. And that that wouldn't be because I wouldn't go and see one because I would. I'm not saying that, but um... or like in Star Trek, J.J. Abrams could get Yoda to go in a time machine, go back to the past, completely change the whole space-time continuum and have loads of different outcomes which is why everyone in star trek hates jj abrams well that, that, that is also i suppose a, a possibility 
Um, I, I wouldn't like to comment too much on that because uh, I worry where this might uh, this might turn into. But uh, I, I take your point. Um, what was there was going to be there was something else I was going to say. Oh yeah, so we've also talked on here before because the early buzz or the early worry was that this was going to be a bit of a maleficent. And what I mean by that, not that it's just going to be a load of cack. Uh, but makes a lot of box office anyway. But in a fact, they um, had to do quite late, um, or they did some late uh, reshoots, which generally is not a good sign for a That's film. That's not a good sign, yeah. Now, apparently, um, I heard from another podcast um, and from an Impractical Joker who had a um, somebody he knew that was working on the editing of the film um, that the reshoots were actually all Vader. Oh. So the fact that you wanted um, more Vader, um, well, if the reshoots didn't happen, you'd have had even less. Ah, uh, is is that why Vader is played by several different actors? That, that, that possibly, uh, you know, I I don't know that for sure, but yes, it would make sense that um, there's more than one person playing him. Yeah, Ooh. and also I thought the suit looked slightly different. I mean, I couldn't work out why. I didn't know if he had, like, a, a casual Darth Vader suit to wear around the office. <laughs> and one where he's kicking ass and taking names. Just to give it perspective, opening weekend, Rogue One did $155 million, mm-hmm. And it's number one in the box office. And uh, Force Awakens did 247 So almost 100,000 million more. 100 million more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I said, completely expect that. But I, I think what will happen here is that the word of mouth will be will be really strong. I've heard, I mean, all over my time, so I'm the only person that was a little bit like, mm, like I didn't love it as much as I as everyone else seems mm-hmm. to have done. Now talking about it and thinking about it a bit more, yeah, maybe I said I've been a bit critical, and I definitely want to go and see it again, which is a sign that I did enjoy it, but maybe just not to the extent that I'd hoped I had. Um, but talking about it certainly made me reassess things already. Um, and I think the word of mouth is going to be so strong that you're going to see a lot of repeat business. Well, at the moment, um, with foreign, it's up to 300 million and the budget was only 200 million. Yeah. And factoring, uh, so normally marketing budget for a film like that is pretty, I'd say anywhere between a quarter, uh, yeah, quarter to a half of the, of the actual budget. So say, you know, even worst case scenario, 200 to make, another 100. Um, so it's it, got to be in profit, isn't it? Uh, it, won't, it, won't, it won't be yet, just because I think box office takings are 50%. Oh, okay. So whatever, okay. The, whatever the box office is, they get 50% of that. Which is why everyone thought Tron did better than it did, because it made 400 million on, like, I think it was about 150 million budget, but... That you know, after taking into account everything else, it made a profit, but I don't know, eighty million or something. Yeah. So, but I mean, but let's, but let's like this is opening weekend. It's made this much opening weekend, and it's yeah. not going to go away quietly. It's not going to just disappear now. I said the word of mouth is so strong. Loads of people that I know haven't seen it yet already, so therefore it's going to go on. And it's you know, if if the Force Awakens anything to go by, there's nothing major coming out in the few weeks can i just do a quick point of order while Mm. i'm on box office mojo yes star wars force awakens budget 245 million dollars worldwide gross 2 
billion. Yep. Why the hell do we have to have these crappy cabanas in Tomorrowland? <laughs> Why? Well, because Alice Through the Looking Glass doesn't pay for itself. Oh, keep your Alice through the looking glasses. Oh. Yeah, it's also why we didn't get Tron, Tron free because of Tomorrowland. This is the problem. Disney now is so sectioned off that money is not being moved between everything, is it? Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. Um, the Force Awakens could have quite easily saved Disneyland Paris. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and, and made it Star Wars land there. If Walt was around... He probably would never have built that bloody thing in France. But if Walt was around, <laughs> he wouldn't have. Been, he wouldn't have done it under the terms. He wouldn't have. Yeah, that's he wouldn't have done it in them terms. That's definitely it. Have you heard about that story that um, a hedge fund is is trying to sue Disney for basically saying that they've been um, overcharging for the um, the uh, the rates because it, it's under license, isn't it? So everything Disney's under license. Yeah. And that basically they they're suggesting that Disney are charging too high a license fee and that's why Disneyland Paris doesn't make profit oh. something along those lines someone will, is this will some giant them. tax fiddle then do you reckon uh, I, uh, allegedly we have to say allegedly um, I, I don't know I don't know if it wins and outs but I think it's um... well what with Brexit you know we've got Google McDonald's and all these big multinationals now relocating to London hmm Maybe Disneyland Paris, they'll just scoop it up in some giant crane and drop it in Windsor where it should be. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you might be right actually. You might be right. Um, so you was gonna yeah, the last so so like let's just be clear. So everyone likes the Force Away. Um, everyone likes Rogue One. I will like Rogue One even more the second time I see it. Um, and I'm I'm wrong for saying anything negative <laughs> about it. See, See, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but that final scene with Vader, even I was wetting myself. Yeah. So, with that in mind, uh, and the fact that you mentioned Walt Disney, um, yep. you wanted to talk about the Walt Disney documentary. So, uh, why didn't you go ahead? Uh, well, yeah, I just, just finished watching part two, actually. I, I don't know if it was a BBC production or if it was made for the UK or not. But it did seem very BBC. You know how BBC has to be, like BBC, for the American listener, is uh, a public broadcaster, so they have to yeah. be fair. So every time they say something positive, they usually have to say something negative. So there was quite a lot of negative stuff in the documentary, particularly in part two. Okay. And it did make Walter out to be a bit of a git, if I'm honest. How has that affected your opinion? Oh, it hasn't affected my opinion because um, I think I, I, I mean, I personally, I know I've read a lot and I've, sin a lot and i'm a disney fan so i maybe i'm biased as well but mm. i think if i wasn't a disney fan and i watched just the second part of the documentary and saw him going toe-to-toe with the unions that were on strike at his studio mm. then i would probably have a less of opinion of walt disney probably right. right i get you but i think it's just i mean the problem is they they were picking up on negative items within his story but didn't focus enough on all the positive things and they made the negative things out to be as, you know, they were talking about this bloody strike with the animators. Mm. And they were then the next breath, they were talking about Mary Poppins. Now, to me, <laughs> that film and, and what it did for the industry and, you know, for everybody far exceeds some pissy little writer's strike, sorry, animator's strike mm-hmm. that happened over like a couple of weeks 
back in 1951 or whatever it was. So I, I don't really, I didn't, I didn't think the BBC, I think the BBC was being trying to be too fair. And right. in the end, it did make Walt seem a little bit of a dragon. But not Pete's. But not Pete's dragon or, or Dragon's Den. Or, or the dragon underneath the castle. Yeah, heal that one. But I mean, would you, but would you, would you still recommend it? I think, I think you should. I think at the end of the day is Disney was well, not. I've recorded saint. it. I just haven't. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you must watch it. Yeah. I mean, you must watch it. I mean, at the end of the day, Disney wasn't a saint. He was a human, like all the rest of us. And it does show you his flaws. It shows you a lot of his mistakes, particularly business decisions that went completely wrong. Um, but it does show you all of the the way he revolutionised, you know, animation, film theme parks entertainment you know and and the things that we all take as a complete standard like every child pretty much in this country and in america has at some point seen a disney film or a disney tv show and when i say the word disney we all know exactly what that means yeah but if you was to go into a world where he was never born think how boring you know how gray the world would actually be yeah so he's had such a huge impact on the world as a whole. Um, I don't think the documentary quite grasps that. Mm. Yeah, because I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I love it when people say about, uh, you know, the colour of the world, because um, famously or unfamously, I'm sure I've mentioned before that um, when I was young and my dad used to talk about the good old days, about when he was a child, I believed that his life was black and white until the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that film Pleasantville. When, when that when that trailer f- first came out for Pleasantville, <laughs> I was like, "Yes, that is what I thought life used to be like." <laughs> and someone just injected colour into it. Um, but that's good. I'm I, I'm I'm glad. I said it's just um, lack of time has meant that we've not been able to watch it yet. But it's mm. well, you know we recorded it to watch, so there's that. Um, breaking uh, in in. Um, injunction from my wife by the way um mm. she wanted me to say that she really in uh, rogue one she really liked it when um you you saw vader in his kind of um chamber yes when he was in the walls and you um you kind of saw you know how he kind of lived i think they needed really. a little bit more of that yeah and it'd be interesting to see if that was one of the things that was in as part of the um the reshoots i mean um, they could have brought back the actor that played him in episode three and have him all scarred and you know you you don't need that taint you don't need that taint <laughs> you really don't need that taint no 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 actually you know what i don't think he's he's probably a terrible actor but um you know i've said before like, I, I blame a lot of the scripts and the direction on those films because natalie portman is not a terrible actress well, and neither it, is Ewan McGregor, but in those films. I, I think it's funny. You know, everybody I've seen who's been posting their order of how they liked Rogue One with the rest of the episodes, every single person I've seen have put the three Lucas ones at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's quite funny. Lucas, to me, yes, he gave us this, uh, this world and, you know, be grateful for that. But he's a little bit like Pharrell Williams. Right, and what I mean by that is that Pharrell started off producing with his mate Chad, Chad Hugo, um, and they did stuff together as Neptunes, and their stuff is 
awesome generally most you know like 90 percent of their output is is great great work and a few other like bits and bobs and nerd together were great as soon as pharrell started doing stuff by himself he mm. didn't have that kind of filter mm. and so then it started to go a bit wrong and we had the same in wrestling. We used a, there was a guy called Vince Russo who works in WWE, had yeah. Vince McMahon as his filter, went to the rival company because they pay him a load of money and his storylines were shit hot, started to do his work there, no filter, his stuff was rubbish. And I think with Lucas, there was no one telling him, no, that's not right, or that's not good. It was, I am Lucas and it is mine, therefore I know. And so he, he needed a, com- he needed a, community, a committee, really. Doing a Michael Jackson, as they say. Yeah. That's another way. Of it's, it. it's so batshit crazy. They just do it anyway. Yeah, I, I suppose that the the kids listening nowadays doing a Kanye. I can't. Yeah. Probably probably the nearest we got to it nowadays. Yeah. But question: When you say the name Chad, yeah, do you have a little laugh inside. <laughs> Only when you say it. No, not, I, I hadn't really thought about it. Why? Well, I was <laughs> explaining this. Note. Well, I was explaining this the other day. I, from where, where the part of the UK I come from, that mm. is technically a swear word. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was a swear word in Essex, but maybe no. you're not true Essex then. I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, I, I was born by the sound of Bo Bells. I was born in oh, Brighton, yeah. but I, I, I lived in Ilford and then and then upwards. Um, yeah, I've never I've never heard that. But if anyone wants to uh, email us. Um, or, or messages on social media and, and, and give us the explanation that we obviously can't sound the show, then please do. And because I was introduced, not crazy. Well, yeah, last time I was in America, I was introduced to a guy. He said, Oh, this is Chad. I was like, <laughs> Hi, Adrian. <laughs> but then that kind it's of. It's quite a common name in America, isn't it, Chad? But then that's 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 similar to um, you know our conversation on the last, on the Chris, was it a Christmas episode? Yeah, because, because we're recording it live on Christmas Day, of course. Uh, but yeah, we might mention things there that are, are more common in America than they are elsewhere in the world. So um, keep your ears peeled for that one. Um, cool. Well, look, um, I, I think that's that's probably enough for for this week. And mm. Pretty much this year, actually. After you know, obviously we've got the Christmas one to come, but I think that's probably us done for the year. So uh, mm. thank you, sir, for. Uh, thank you part of this show and uh for not leaving us and, and going to disney brit or, or some other podcast like that uh they wouldn't uh, have there is that but at the same time you know they they might pay better and they might treat you better and they they might produce a, a better <laughs> podcast um and they might not have me on it but uh <laughs> despite all those things no but thank you um for for being part of the team uh, thank you, dear listener, for sticking with us for 2016. We've got a Christmas episode coming out on Christmas Day, so get ready to download that. Um, it may be the best episode you've ever heard. Could quite possibly be the worst episode you've ever heard. It is a Christmas special. That's all we can say. Mm. Um, and uh, We've got a Universal show. We have, yes. That will be going out on our sister feed, so obviously the After Dark Podcast Network, so that will be going out... Uh, I believe just before Christmas as well. Um, and then I think we'll see you in 2017. Wow. Um, just go and see Rogue One a few more times. See Rogue One, watch Duck the Halls, and if you live in the UK, go on your iPlayer and watch the Walt Disney documentary. Uh, and, and say hello to your friend Chad without laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, uh, and so for our other sponsor of the show, um, we have Wendy Pratter at Magical Journeys Travel. Don't yeah, we do. Yeah. The the very beautiful looking Wendy Pratter. Is she is she on your um, to-do list? Like if you meet her in real life, you're allowed to. She's, um, you know, when you open the wallet. Yeah. She, she's the picture in my wallet. I get you. I get you. But other than our lust uh, for Wendy, um, her and her magical journeys are there to help you plan your next Disney vacation. So whether that's a Disney cruise or a trip to Disney World, Wendy can help you by getting your reservations at midnight, getting those all-important Be Our Guest dining reservations or meet and greets with Anna and Elsa. And uh, I think if you quote this podcast, Craig, get a bit of a discount on your uh, deposit, don't you? Yeah, yeah, $25 off, yeah. There you go. So, next time you want to book a holiday, give Wendy at Magical Journey Travels a little tinkle at WPMagicJourneys.com or on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys. God bless Wendy and all that sail in it. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.